Hello everybody, um, hope you're all well and keeping safe during lockdown. Uh, this is the first time um, I've done a, a Facebook type um, interview one to one. It was supposed to be a Facebook Live, but we made a mess of it. So we've, uh, we're have we going to pop it up to you. We, I've made a mess of it. And we're going to pop it up onto, uh, onto YouTube and, and share it a little bit later on. I just want to introduce you to a good friend of mine, uh, John Sturzaker. He's a, 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 the world's most ethical and wonderful financial advisor in my book. Um, but I just, just want to go through the common theme of all the people that I am um, chatting to at the moment. And the whole point of this, um, this series is just to bring my contacts and my world to a wider audience as I spend a lot of time chatting and having coffee and catching up and um, speaking to some really interesting people, John being one of them, who we met six years ago at Business for Breakfast in Rochdale, John. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, business for Breakfast was business in the evening. Um, so we, I think we, a couple, we used to stick around for a couple of beers afterwards. We um, went as guests because we were in the Bolton evening that, group. Yes. That was it, wasn't it? Mm. That was it. And yourself and your lovely wife, Alex, popped along a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. And like everybody else I've spoken to in the, in the interviews that we've done, I, at the time, made a bit of a cheeky either Facebook or LinkedIn connection, which seemed a bit, for me, awkward at the time because I didn't know you very well, but has turned into um, business for me at the car leasing company, has turned into um, charitable donations from you to a charity I was helping because you saw something on there. And over time, we've worked out that we both have some common ground. You're a, a massive cycling enthusiast. I'm going to talk into that later because I know you're doing some exciting stuff in charity. And me and my sort of, I call it the fitness journey, we're going from being fairly unhealthy to fairly healthy. And the point being that some of these contacts do get gather a common ground. Now that comes from business and friendships. Um, and that's generally where, what I'm trying to teach uh, business owners to do is, is connect and find some common ground with people. So um, that was back then, and this is now. We're uh, we're two cars into our relationship, which is which is cool. So thank fleet. you. It's a thank fleet. You, you are my, what my most recent fleet customer. Previous previous, I think you were one of the last deliveries, but before lockdown, right? It was just around the beginning of lockdown. Uh, it's quite interesting. The delivery driver was wiping everything down <laughs> like mad, uh, but um, yeah, and uh, electric. All electric now. It's brilliant. It's like driving a Dodgem car. Is it? Yeah, because it's got the the e-brake. So you just literally drive like that with the accelerator. Oh, right. So you take your foot off to stop and just press go. Literally, it's like right. driving a Dodgem car. Like a Dodgem. They are brilliant. You, you really cannot fault them. So quick. So quiet, uh, you don't know you've turned it on, which is quite funny. Yeah. Kind of looking around the dashboard going, yeah, it's on, we're going. <laughs> and I, and I, th I think all this stuff's going to speed up that transition. Um, I, I have no doubt that the industry will come back smaller for, for, for car sales, um, but maybe more specialist in terms of you know, someone like myself might decide just to have not going as far anymore for work. I don't think I'll be going as far as, as I used to back in the old days. So maybe just an electric runabout um, would, would, would fit the bill. Whereas previously it would have been a bit more, you know, um, 
wanted a bigger diesel car and that kind of stuff, which we knew was going to come to an end anyway because they're making them illegal after 2034, I think it is. Um, they put, put in more cycle lanes and et cetera, et cetera. So they are being sort of transitioned out and technology and the way that we do business is changing so we won't need to use them as much. So I think you're going to, you know, uh, almost a pioneer of that and I think that's going to be where the, the future lies for the people that do need cars moving forward. Um, so how's, how's lockdown treating you, John? It's, um, it's, as someone who works from home anyway, so I, this is my office in the smallest bedroom in the house with the world's biggest home printer <laughs> that, uh, that I bought because it was cheap uh, and it arrived on a crate. So I thought, okay. <laughs> anyway, I've literally, I've had it three years, I've never put ink in it. <laughs> it's just out. So working from home anyway, um, kind of, it, a lot of it didn't feel that different. Mm. Obviously, the initial uh, market reaction, the the drops that you saw, in stock markets created a lot of kind of emergency contact with clients who, who obviously felt very unsure about where they were invested in what was happening in the world. And then kind of after it, it's really about changing the way that you keep in contact with clients. Most of my um, actual work is face-to-face -face reviews with my clients on an annual or, or biannual basis. And a lot of them are, are a bit older. So there's no concerns. Obviously, I don't want to go and review a client and give them COVID mm. because I could have it, be totally asymptomatic, hold a cup, whatever, even shaking hands, which is something that as a financial advisor, years and years and years ago, we were taught how to, to shake. How to do it, yeah. This is how you shake hands, not limp, not like a wet fit. And it's been an integral part of 25 years mm. geez, of, of work. To now not do is really, really strange. Um, and I think um, what's been really fascinating is a little bit of a journey that many of us have gone through around right the new norm is going to be totally different from what we had before and if you want to carry on in business you as a financial advisor you've got to move forward so things like zoom i think uh, are going to be absolutely pivotal um and just better kind of communications with clients in other ways. It's not just about face-to-face -face anymore. Quick question. I know that most financial advisors try to do an annual review with their customer base for compliance, as well as obviously making sure that the customer gets everything right and maybe add some more stuff and that kind of thing. Does a Zoom review or a Google Hangout review or whatever count? as a meeting yeah. uh yes basically so um we had a set of regulations that came in called mifid which is markets and financial instruments directive and then we had mifid 2 and um it deals an awful lot with 
reviewing clients because it's not reviewing the product it's reviewing their objectives their goals their attitude to risk um, and and obviously as an industry this has been a big challenge so um uh, my network which is quilter uh, wealth positive solutions is part of quilter uh, have said yes we can do remote we've always had that capability um to to do these things remotely even just by by telephone call it's not ideal mm. and and there are communication barriers and obviously there's a certain amount of kind of trial and trepidation around screen sharing uh sending documents to clients ahead of the meeting um but from a compliance point of view it, it's absolutely fine um there's there's no issues and as long as you you're just continually keeping up that contact it's fine the issue is if you've not seen someone for years and years and years but in in mifid world as we call it you don't have clients like that that are paying you so where well, we charge someone an ongoing charge so we don't get paid commission anymore per se it's an ongoing charge that they are aware of and we constantly remind them of if they're paying an ongoing charge we agree a level of service for them sorry very long winded answer to a short no, question fine, fine. We'll, and we'll get into some tips in a minute but i think you you and i and, and a couple other guys have, not, have been able to sort of move face to face to face to screen but make but in a more we can do more meetings in a, in a small amount of time. So mm. I've got a pal of mine who works in um, a, a very specific part of inst building installations, for want of a better word. And he would normally speak to the person who procures that thing at a, a hospital trust or a, 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 a ship or whatever and go and see them and sell this stuff. He's now able to get... 40 or 50 people onto an information seminar from his back bedroom to educate them about the product. Um, yep. You know, I've, I've done 10 years in the home business world where we get people to come and look at presentations, where we make appointments out of hours, Saturday mornings, eight o'clock on a, on a wet Wednesday night, and, and, and maybe get two or three a week in on a, on a good day. And, and this week we've had 100 people on Zoom calls. Mm -hmm. So, there's, there's, you know, the, the, I'm not saying that we all will be pinned at home forever, but there are certain aspects of, of this that have just fast-forwarded where we're going anyway um, that we can keep hold of. It, it, necessity is the mother of invention. Mm. Uh, and, and it's really fascinating what you're saying, kind of keys into what I'm hoping to, to be able to, to do with workplaces so um, in the past you would do clinics with with employees you would do presentations with employees they're going to be really difficult moving forward but basically around the pensions in workplaces around auto enrollment but doing a zoom clinic 6 30 on an evening it's great yeah do four or five people much more intimate people are probably more likely to ask questions because if you're in a 20 or 30 audience you're like that trying to 
put your hand up. You don't really want to ask what you feel might be a daft question when it's probably not. You can type it in the comments bar or something, can't you? If it's four or five of you and you can just type it in or just say, you know, oh, can I ask this? Um, so, yes, I, I think there are huge opportunities. It's, and it's how ready you are as a, as a business owner to embrace those. Mm. Whether or not you want to try and just return to where it was before. It's interesting because we still haven't got out to any top tips about finance, but I like this conversation in that if there's this there's this return to work thing, isn't there? That's that's current at the moment, and I guess if people are watching this in the future, me or you will either be proved right or wrong with this. But if, for example, you are in a big office environment or a big factory. Uh, just keeping it really simple, but only say half of the people are going to go back in on the same day that you're going back in. You might think none of my mates are going to be there, so there's no point yeah. me going back in. So then the so then the culture will this shifts even further away then from the ability to be, to be able to go back to work to the want to go back to work to to. Um, I go back to work just to have the personal contact now and you know we're talking about um, you know you should pay for away days and stuff like that you're you know on a climb or go-kart and stuff like that that might be the office meet up on a Friday afternoon for a for a, for a sandwich and a coffee just to get two together and, and, just, <laughs> and just do something to actually you know <laughs> to actually go and go and see or, or like you say you might just decide Let's just meet up in the, in the hills above Bolton and go for a walk around. The six, the, the half dozen that are allowed to as a as a business thing. And I think I'm, I'm still, certainly sorting out some of my networking doing that kind of thing. Especially the guys who are active. It's like, well, I'll meet you. We'll go for a run. Yeah. Or, or what? I think a, a ride or a walk or whatever. And and in a way, you're getting better quality. Mm. Um. I I think what comes out of this is quality of life. Mm. I do think people are slowly going to start to look at things like you say, friends at work, um, ensuring that it's not just seeing them at work, but seeing them outside of work. Uh, a lot of employers are doing this kind of three, three thing, aren't they? That's the, the, the proposition that they work in shifts. So that one shift does three days, another shift does another three days. And yes, if you're not on the shift with all your mates, you're going to lose contact with them. Um, but it does present challenges for employers then in terms of keeping that morale. You know, I've, I've worked in, in sales teams in the past where what kept us going was our togetherness yeah. as a unit. Um, when I was at the Halifax um, years and years and years ago, we had a sales team that was just fantastic because we all got on. We all went to the pub afterwards and all the rest of it. Employers are going to have a big challenge to keep that that moving because it's not just some kind of abstract thing that somebody says, oh, my mates aren't there. Employers will realise that there's an issue with morale. And they, yeah, they, unless people are in a, in a reasonable place. And I think... What, what I, sometimes I think what some of us are forgetting, or I forget, is that some people are not in a good place with this. 
and how as an employer you can get them back into a good place when they've got you know there are maybe people who are already anxious about certain things worrying about certain things already have financial pressures or work pressures now often isolated or feeling isolated i think the difference isn't it you can feel you can feel on your own in a busy room can't you yes yeah it is is the ones that are, are, are not able to feel engaged, how you re-engage those people in, 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 a, in a team, in a workplace, do you order them back in because they're not as productive as the person who can manage it all? Uh, we've, we've got like a series of, of, of calls on this. And another one is, you know, how much of the, the, your investments are in commercial property and all, all these pensions and stuff like that when these big firms decide that they, they don't necessarily need all this space. Madness. Um, that's quite an interesting one. A lot of, shall we say, more modern uh, investment funds are pulled away from commercial property because of the, the issues with retail and retail space. So if you look at the endless problems with companies like Debenhams, um, BHS, the the move from shopping in city centres to shopping online. You know that that's been absolutely huge, uh, and I do also think this move to shopping locally, which I think will only accelerate as we come out of lockdown. It's mega this because I'm not a I don't I don't look at the data, I don't study things, I just look at how I behave, right? Yes. I have accidentally started buying online from local companies. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah. So I'll yeah. get the look so um uh, there's a, a garden centre near my mum and dad's. It's a little nursery thing, you know, so it's not like a big, no, we've not got the coffee shops and all the outlets and all that kind of stuff. It's literally a plant shop. And the only way they could service the customers for the first few weeks was was, was online. Really, you know, online. Now, I've now been there. I can't, I, I don't know what to order. I've been around, I know, I know my way around the garden centre now enough to go and eat some of them and some of that and some of that. So I will now use that local business to deliver online, not necessarily a large national business that could be a bit cheaper to come to my house. So I know that there is the concern about we're all going to Amazon. If you look at the, 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 the figures on Amazon, it's obviously through the roof. But it, it's a hybrid, isn't it? Um, I got some clothes delivered off Thread, which is a, a huge website that you put your what you like and what you normally wear for different things in and it literally emails you once a week saying you need to buy this this and this well there are some independent clothes shops in rochdale that i know now if i popped in and said right i'm a medium this my waist is this that, that they could easily drop me a note and say rob i've got some shoes for 50 quid would, would you like us to show you to drop them off and you can see if you like them kind of thing yeah so the same process but i'm able to have develop a bit better relationship locally it is that relationship that's and i think again moving forward a byproduct of covid is how we value relationships with individuals and it's daft going going to the butchers and we know the butcher now or you know you talk to them you you've got a, a there's a little shop in rotten called the bolt hole that does little 
amazing little gifts and daft little stuff and it's got this little table full of books and there's always something really interesting and you've got a relationship with that person um i guess we're both really lucky that we've got towns like that mm. where you've not got that I don't know, it could be a bit different, but I, I, I agree, it is this hybrid. So if you want a pair of headphones, you'll go on Amazon. Mm. But if you want nice chicken breasts, <laughs> you'll yeah. go to the butchers. It's, yeah. it, it's like with, with so many things, it's not one or the other, it's, it's a balance. Yeah, isn't my, it? My my gym's moved to totally online Zoom thing. I posted about it on Facebook the other day because the service I'm getting, I'm still paying a full CrossFit subscription. So in the grand scheme of things, it's more than a lot of gym. But mm. if they open up on the fourth of July or whatever that date is, and that disappears, it would be a massive shift for me to have to drive there every day to do get what I'm getting at home, even though I haven't got all the equipment, all the stuff isn't at home. But I'm so. There's a conversation of, can I pick and choose and maybe just come less? You'll probably want me less anyway because you won't want it full of people because you won't be allowed. But maybe I could start, I've got some stuff being delivered today that I could do some more stuff at home and just come to you for the expert coaching in particular parts of what I do. Yep. Or when it's really cold. Or when it's really cold. Um, Speaking of sport, come on. Uh, No, what are we doing now? Cycling or financial tips? Um... I would like to merge the two, okay. and there's a weird. So, um, where should we start with the journey? Uh, we met six years ago, around about the time that we were doing London to Paris. I remember. Yeah. So, um, the year before, I was working with a firm down Cheadle Way. And one of the lads came in and said, does anyone fancy cycling from London to Paris? And I said, yeah, that sounds fun. I better get a bike. <laughs> but it's weird talking about this journey that you were, you were talking about earlier on. When I was, and we were just looking at pictures of me at 40 the other day. And it's bizarre. Although it wasn't huge, I was... I just looked not right, really unhealthy, smoking, drinking too much, eating bad food, and felt in a really bad place. So it was quite weird. I'd been on this journey, and then this thing came up. I went, yeah, that sounds fun. So we did London to Paris, and, and I had some issues with knees and things, but it, the weirdest thing was I'd found my sport. I found the sport I should have been doing at 45. <laughs> so I kind of right, right, I need to make up for lost time now. So done the Alps, done um, UCI Grand Fondo World Championship last year, which was pretty crazy. Getting to wear a GB kit, which was a real treat been the 205th fastest 50 to 54 year old in the world only 209 finished but <laughs> you don't need to go into how many participated do you? <laughs> that's, that's what i mean Two, only 209 finished because right. the crashes broken collarbones punctures it was it was mayhem so um so last year after just around the time I did the, the world championships, I decided to work with a coach. 
a really great guy called Jody Warrington at Transition. Uh, and I've been thinking a lot lately about the parallels between, and this might sound really strange, a financial advisor and a sports coach. Both need a goal. And this is something I talk to clients about so much. It's about knowing where you want to get to. So be it retiring at 60 or paying for your kids' university fees or not paying inheritance tax or, or whatever. It, if you haven't got that goal, it, it's really, really difficult um, to make a plan. So when you're doing your your CrossFit, you will have a goal of I want to do this many whatever in this this long. Yeah. And with cycling, it, it's about training for specifically for an event. Uh, what's really strange is, and then both roles use really sophisticated software. Do I use? I use uh, cash flow modeling tools, fact finds, attitude to risk, and a coach will use things like training peaks. Um, there's other sorts, other stuff behind that, and it's really fascinating to see the, these parallels between the two roles, and how a fan, how much of it is built on trust. And I don't know if it's something you found. If you're working with a coach, if you don't trust that person the relationship just doesn't work yeah it, it, there's very you know there's very much intricacies I, I we could all go online and find out about how to set up a pension or how to how to how to do olympic weightlifting or whatever but i tell you what the person that's managed to absorb all the information and then just give you the bit that you need at that point in time is what you're paying for Absolutely. So it, it, that is it. It's about the ability to take what you've got. So if you think about your muscles, your arms, your legs, you're not going to grow any more arms or any more legs. There's a, a limit really to how much muscle you're going to be able to own. And it's the same with money. You've got this much money and these things. All you're doing is you're taking these existing things turning them into a goal by tweaking things. And yeah. it sounds confusing in a way, but as a financial advisor, it, it is, like you say, anyone can go on whatever website and open up a pension. Anyone can open up an ISA. But it's about not necessarily the product. It's about knowing where it is you want to get to, to then ensure that, that thing is absolutely spot on because we are trained to buy stuff. Mobile phones uh, are a perfect example of it. How many of us buy the latest mobile phone knowing full well, you'll never use everything that it ever does. We had an analogy uh, last night on our call to obviously, you know, what, what we do with the UW business involves mobiles and internet and that kind of stuff. And we said, essential, it's essential. And, and the point being was, if you left for work and forgot your lunch or forgot to put the bin out, you won't go home. 
if you left work and you left your phone at home, you either spend all day with your heart rate through the roof panicking, or you, you turn back and go get it, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. It, but it is a thousand, you know, it's a thousand pound piece of kit, these phones. So they're twice as expensive as the laptop that you put in a bag, fasten up and like fasten to yourself, but then your phones are like all over the place. Wafting about. Oh yeah, in the garden, kids are messing with them. So yeah, I know what you're saying. So yeah, um, so in terms of, um, yeah, an interesting journey and I guess to, to kind of go back to what you're saying about the cycling thing so I had a, an event booked for late August early September mm. in the in the Pyrenees it's a seven day uh, cycling event which involved 25,000 meters of climbing over seven days like 500 kilometers Climbing, uh, Tourmalet, uh, Obisque, all these famous climbs that you see on the Tour de France uh, with Mavic support, motorbike escorts. Um, and you have one job, well, three jobs on these events, eat, sleep, cycle. That's it. It is the most amazing experience for any cyclist to, to do, to, to ride. It's like playing on Wembley or Old Trafford because the pros have ridden these very same roads, you know, on a bike, just not like yours, but very, very similar to yours. So anyway, that got cancelled, obviously, with, with COVID. Uh, and unfortunately, I've been training for it since October. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I decided, right, I've got all this form, I've got this, this, this fitness, I need to, to use it. Uh, and I got an email about Everesting. So Everesting basically involves cycling up and down the same hill enough times to have climbed the equivalent of Mount Everest. So that's a total ascent of 8,848 meters. So uh, you'll know Blackstone Edge. Yes, I've uh, I've driven up it. It's fairly. You've simple. driven up it. <laughs> I, I, a few years ago, I did say I'm going to run up there one day, and obviously haven't done. How many times are you going to cycle up it? So uh, it's the the actual climb I'm doing is from just before the Moorcock. You know the right. Moorcock pub. Yeah. So if you imagine the road, it's quite flat, and then it just ramps all the way up to just past the White House. Yeah. What you get in there is the maximum elevation mm. for your distance. Because the other issue is you've got to go up and then back down. And then go back up and then right. go back down. So uh, I think it's going to work out about 44 times. Wow. So uh, the other day I did a, my first... I've, I've been up Blackstone Edge so many times. But I did my first recce of repeating it uh, and did seven in just under two hours so i was quite happy with that um and the heart rate stayed pretty consistent 135 bpm so not because what you don't want to do is push it you go into the red you can't sustain that for 12 hours how long is it going to take i'm 12 to 13 hours depending on breaks and we stops <laughs> and uh, 
change of hats because of the sweat, um, and obviously just feeding, because that that's the probably a third of the 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 challenge is to fuel it. Yeah. Because if you're not constantly fueling, then you'll just run out of gas and just it'd be horrible. Um, and we have a thing called bonking, where literally it's like the elastic band has snapped, uh, and you just stop. Is that like the wall in running? In, it's, in the the, it's the same thing. Right. The issue is, if you're not eating constantly, it's really easy to not realise that you're hungry. Mm. There's only a certain amount of glycogen you can hold in your muscles. Once that goes, it goes. But it's about staying in that kind of fat burning zone almost and just topping it up so again like I say strategies from from a fueling point of view uh, and the the idea was to to raise to raise money for uh springfield hospice spring hill spring hill sorry <laughs> who's springfield that's, oh, that's where, that's where that's the simpsons, simpsons. yeah <laughs> spring hill uh, and Berry Hospice. So um, we've got a friend who works in a hospice over in on the File Coast. So we know the challenges that, that they're facing in, in COVID uh, and obviously don't get the same level of support from the NHS and all the rest of it. So I thought, try and raise a little bit of money little bit of profile for them and and obviously it's a challenge it's something i've been wanting to do for, for ages engaged, training and get a result yeah, because, it, otherwise you feel like you've done all this training for yeah for nothing because mm. there's, there's only a certain amount you certain length of time you can keep this form um so yes uh, hopefully we can raise a bit of money and uh hopefully achieve the challenge so anyway give us a finance tip some financial advice stuff non-regulated are we, yeah, are we allowed to give financial advice or is this not financial that's, that's, advice? What, I was, that's what i was going to say it's not tips uh, tips um really daft stuff i guess at the minute um is most if you look at the number of um employees that pay to a workplace pension now mm-hmm. there's about 10 million people pay to a workplace pension the latest stats i got from agon reckon that about 80 percent of employees haven't told the pension scheme who to pay the pension to if they die right how crazy is that? So how does a pension how does a pension scheme know who to pay the money to? It's not in your will because it doesn't go through your will. So it's one piece of paper. In fact, most of the time you can do it online. So a lot of providers they give you a little form online and fill it in. So work out provider, ask them for what's the form called? An expression of wish form. Right. So 10 million people can benefit from that. So and then, I, yeah. I've, I've got a scheme in Bolton that I look at after and none of them had filled it in. So I literally went one day with 16 forms. I went, right, who? 
how much, sign, go. Um, and it sounds like a really tiny thing, but in this day and age of concerns about mortality and, and all the rest of it, and it's amazing how many people are paying to these schemes, but then have other schemes from previous jobs. Mm. So I would say one of the jobs you could do while you've got a bit of time on your hands is work out where your other pensions are. To go through back every employee you've had and check oh, if you yeah. had one. And speak to your um, new provider at work about potentially consolidating then you've got it all in one place cool just going to put a live warning on the on the site i'm at home and there are children in the garden so you, if, if if listeners can hear that it's lockdown life um so right so who do you speak to so you think you've got some pensions from the back in the background do you speak to no. your financial advisor from your networking group do you speak to your employer who's done a deal for the employ the the, the, the new pension at work so this is one of the issues is a lot of employers have attempted to run these schemes without having access to a financial advisor in the workplace. It, it's not affordable for all employers, obviously, and it's not always practical, but generally speaking, you, you as an employee will have access to a kind of micro site where many people now will get their statements because it's easier to get online statements. So there should be a section in there that deals with consolidation. Right. And start there. And, and start there. Um, obviously, if you, if you have a financial advisor, they should have looked at this already. The issue is there's only 25,000 of us in the entire industry. In how, across about 65 million people of uh, X amount of working age, yeah, okay. Um, and the issue that we've got as advisors, no violins required, we've only got so many hours in the day. So if you look at it, so this is again where the workplace, and it is an interesting, I think the workplace will become the center for financial advice in the future because everyone pays to a pension at work and they can see it there and it will make it a lot easier for everyone to, to deal with it. So little tips, um, weird ones, Santander, one, two, three. There, yeah, we discussed well, that earlier, didn't we? Loads of people pay £5 a month for Santander 123 account. Uh, the interest rate on credit balances is now 0.6%. It used to be 3%. But you pay £5 a month for that. So what you can do is keep the cash back, but only pay a pound a month. So you do a one, two, three light. There's a really easy process to um, switch it across to that. So you, you apply and then transfer. Right. So, so you, stay, you stay with them, you just save yourself a few quid. Even the account number it stays the same. Right. But again, so this is 
it, again, it's not regulated stuff, but it, it's a great opportunity to look at what you pay out. Yeah. Look at look at your direct debit list. Look at what goes out every month and ask yourself, do I use this? Am I paying twice for something? Um, and, and a cool little thing I found, and again, it's not a, a regulated product, is um, a, a dashboard. Let me just find it again on my computer. There's a, 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 there's a website called Money Dashboard. Right. You can put your accounts into it and you can basically put predictions in. So you can say, right, I've got this much a month going out on this and this much a month going out on this. And you can put your income in there and it can show you your forward balance. So it's just, it's cash flow. You, we yeah. don't do Treat your home like a business. Absolutely. Um, you say that like I do it. I, 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 it you know, it's, it's, it's something we should all be doing, just sitting down once a month or something is going through it. All, it, it it's really interesting. You say treat your home like a business, but if you look at how many people keep money in a cash ISA mm. and then have a balance on a credit card, yeah. <laughs> one's, one's getting you 0.8%. The other one's charging you 25, 30%. Well, yeah, it's just yeah, the cost of money, isn't it? The cost of borrowing is far, far more than the bank at the moment. Um, uh, but again, yeah. you know, going back to being as a business, a lot of your clients, I'm making a giant assumption here, are, mm. are, are business owners yeah. who pay for their car through the business. Mm what they've perhaps not looked at is what other stuff they can pay for through the business. Mm. Um, and the really obvious ones, life cover. Yeah. How many clients have got life cover that they pay for from income that's paid tax, incorporation tax and dividend tax, mm. when they could pay for their life cover from the business? And yeah, and then you tax that after you've paid it out, aren't you? Oh, right. No, no. So sorry, it's, it's, it's 100% tax. No corp, so you get corp yeah. tax relief. Yeah, that's what I meant. And you're not paying <laughs> dividend tax, and it's written in trust, so the life covers tax-free as well. Right. So, so basically, the, the savings are crazy, because it, it's, not, it's, an, it's a business expense, mm. not from your money. And that's one of the big things though, isn't it, Joe? I want to wrap up quite in the next couple of minutes, but really is, is no matter how you're doing it, tax breaks or not, you need to ensure your life, don't you? It's um, a huge area that people are looking at again. Um, I do, we've not seen premiums go up yet, but I think insurers, certainly after mad cow disease, it sounds a weird analogy, mm life premiums went up. So there could be something interesting there, but it's about looking at, and we have, um, I'll try and send you a link to it or just tell, we have a, 
a, a kind of calculator that tells you your probability mm. of dying, having a critical illness, or being off work. I would think it's quite high, having one of them. Depending on your age, yes. Mm. In some instances, you're looking at 30% probability of having a critical illness. Right, so you've got, you got a one in three chance of needing to draw down that insurance. Yeah, right? because yeah. it's weird, the chances of dying mm. are far, far, far less than being ill. Yeah. Because we have great health care, we mm. have interventions, but the, the financial implications of being ill are just the same as dying. Because you can't work anymore. And again, business owners can pay for that cover through their business, which is a, a great little opportunity to be fair. But yeah, it's not, it's not that expensive, is it overall? Again, it, you know, it depends on what level of protection you need, et cetera, et cetera. And what I would always, always, always say is something is better than nothing. So you could say, ideally I'd want this much, yeah. but it's going to cost me X. Well, my budget's this, it'll give, still give me Y protection. At least I've got some. You know what? That's probably a really good point that no one has ever, ever made. Is let's say you've got a, a £200,000 mortgage, for want of a better word, and you want that sorting out should the worst happen. But you could take cover for fifty grand if that's all you could afford at that point in time, which, would, which would help better than none. So here's another top, top, top tip. Right. And it's really, really boring. Never do joint life cover. Okay. <laughs> because, mad as it sounds, sometimes it costs you less, if not around the same, to do two separate policies. Right. And then you both got cover. Go and it's, it's little. And again, when we talk about the value of, of a financial advisor, it, the value of a financial advisor isn't telling you what fund to invest in or which provider to use. It's the little stuff like don't do joint, do it two separate names. It's the, it's the, the plan as opposed to the actual thing. Cool. So. And we'll, we'll just wrap up with, um, I know you're really passionate about ethical investments and that kind of stuff. You... Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, something that will only get more and more and more popular absolutely um there's what's really been fascinating is that ethical funds have way outperformed other investments in this period um i think businesses are moving forward uh, in that way again so massive potential so sorry, what was the question? <laughs> no, I just I, I think it's a nice way of of, of um, moving you your, what you do away from the crowd because there are, you know, I, I genuinely, genuinely believe out, out of the back of wherever we end up out of this um, uh, global pandemic is the next winners, both economically, emotionally, socially, will be those that have the best interest of other people at heart, and whether that whether you're, you're the the, the business that decides to work in a better way or you're the advisor who decides to specialize in being ethically sound or the car sales guy who decides to help with electric vehicles or whatever. Um, 
but only by doing the right thing by people. I just have a feeling that that's where the um, the goodwill of the of the population will come from. I don't think that will go back. I don't. I think the the, the sharks and the um, the companies that have been around for too long doing bad things. I I think they're gone. I do appreciate times in financial services. Those firms went long ago, yeah, because of the move to um, level four qualifications mm. to MIFID. Um, they all retired, didn't they? <laughs> the, well, the, they all got out. Um, what's weird is a lot of those products that they sold mm. are still around. Yeah, a lot of products that the banks sold are still around um because there's not enough of us to to look after them so anyway been really good that's fantastic john that was nice wasn't it it was lovely and if you have made it this far listeners thank you because we were supposed to just do 10 minutes um oh well oh well it's all good you've got to you've got to try what's for what's for lunch what's for lunch the kids will be on a uh, a sandwich for the 47th consecutive day um i'm gonna have i made a bit of a corn mix-up veg, vegetable thing yesterday so i was gonna pile that on a, on on a plate and, and eat that for lunch today so just scoff it Be, uh, yeah. we're having uh, cold potatoes right because uh, the starch changes as they're cold uh <laughs> Uh, with some beans and tuna uh, ready for a horror on the turbo in a couple yeah, of hours. An hour on your turbo trainer. Absolutely. All well, right. I, I, all right. Well, John, nice talking to you, mate. Uh, uh, did your coffee arrive? Yes. Sorry, I meant to say yeah. we've not started using it because we still had some in the fridge. So I'm looking forward to trying it. Right. Yes. Enjoy it. Okay. Fantastic. Nice all the best. Take care. See you soon. Speak to you soon. Bye bye.